Welcome back, listeners, to the KPO podcast. I have a returning guest on the podcast this week. I have Amy <laughs> E. Reichard on the podcast with me today, and we are going to be talking about holiday books. She has a new book titled Once Upon a December, so she'll be telling us all about that. And we'll be talking about probably food and uh, Henry Cavill, because why not? We talked about him last time. <laughs> He's our Always a good crush. choice. <laughs> Welcome back to the podcast, Amy. Thank you for having me, Jagisha. I'm so excited to be here. Early on a, what day is it? Tuesday? Yeah. (laughs) Early on a Tuesday. That's right. So, well, let's start off with the book. Tell us about Mm -hmm. your new book. So my new book is a holiday romance, Once Upon a December. Um, It takes place in a magical Christmas market called the Yule Market, and uh, the main character, Astra, she uh, goes to the, the Milwaukee Christmas market every year with her best friends. It's their annual tradition. It's a weekend she always looks forward to. And this year they discover like this new part that they've never seen before uh, and called the Yule Market. And inside are all of these fun little shops. And one of them is a bakery where there are, of course, very attractive men behind the counter because it's a romance. And... Uh, One of them, his name is Jack, and he seems very familiar to her. What she doesn't know and her friends don't know is that they have been there many times in the past. Part of the magic of the Yule Market is that people who visit don't remember they've been there. So she's actually been there like 15 times. And every year he's been getting to know a little bit more about her. So it's kind of like Brigadoon in a magical Christmas place meets 51st dates where the person doesn't remember they've been dating. Well, they haven't been dating yet, but they haven't met the person. And then this year, something different happens and she starts to remember. So, and then hijinks ensue. So there's, there's all of your Christmas trimmings with hot cocoa dates and beautiful Christmas scenes and snow and holiday music and mulled wine. Uh, So all of those good, wonderful things. Oh, yeah. Sounds like my my kind of book. So because I definitely when uh, I think Christmas rolled around, I start going into all the Hallmark movies and the Netflix holiday movies. I'm a total addict. Me too. Me too. I think I'm I'm embarrassed to say that I think I might have watched all of the ones that are currently on Netflix at one point or another. You should not. That should be a point of pride, not embarrassment. I'm the same way, especially last year, because that's when I was editing Once Upon a December. Mm -hmm. I went hard into the Hallmark and Netflix movies and I watched almost all of them. I feel like I'm an expert. I wrote down and I started writing down all all the, this is just in general. I write down all the books, movies, TV shows that I watch. And if I like it, I put a little heart next to it. So I have this whole list of Hallmark Christmas movies that are Amy approved (laughs) and worth your time. So, and they, I will say, I think they're getting better every year. Like they're putting in a little bit more money, which I appreciate. Yes. Yes. Well, what inspired this story? So there's two things. Uh, One, I just, as we just were discussing, I love Christmas entertainment. I love books that are Christmas themed. I love movies. I love shows. So I wanted to throw my hat in the ring and, and tell my Christmas story. That's the writer inspiration love of it all. Uh, But a very practical reason is Once Upon a December is the second book in a two book deal. 
And the first idea that I had submitted, my publisher wasn't really keen on. So I had to come up with something and I didn't have any other ideas. So because my books normally come out in the spring and summer, I thought if I wrote a Christmas book, it would give me six more months to write it. So I'm like, oh, it's time for me to do a Christmas book. <laughs> so that is why the Christmas book is now. I'd always wanted to write one. Mm-hmm. That was just sort of why it's this time. Oh, yep. That makes sense. So now you have you have this list. You're saying this list of favorite holiday movies. Is there one that you're like, everybody should watch? Um, I mean, there's a ton. Like, I, I'm a big fan of Elf. That's always a good one. Um, but if you are a specific Hallmark Christmas movie fan, there is one. I have to get my little book out just so that I remember the name of it. It is a brand new one this year. And the name is such a nerd. Uh, Ghosts of Christmas Always. So it's a brand new Hallmark one. And it's it's a play on uh, The Christmas Carol. So mm-hmm. it is super sweet and super funny and really well done, in my opinion. So I, I give a two thumbs up for that one. Very nice. I think I just watched one with uh, Lindsay Lohan. I think it was on Netflix where that was on Netflix. Yep. She forgets she uh, she's the daughter of a wealthy uh, like owner of a, of a resort of a ski resort. And she hits her head and loses her memory and ends up at this smaller ski resort in a slightly different town. And um, I really love that one. That one was sweet. I love it. I've been saving that one. I have a group of friends where we always will watch a, one of the Netflix Christmas movies because that Netflix has a feature where you can watch movies with friends and then there's mm-hmm. like a little chat room set up. Ooh. So we always do a Christmas movie together. And so I've been saving that one because that's the movie we're going to watch together. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It kind of reminded me there was a uh, uh, Goldie Hawn, Kurt Doug, Kurt Russell. Movie. Yes. Overboard. Yes, yes. Oh, <laughs> so good. Oh god. Yes, that's a good classic. That's one of those movies if it's on TV on like a lazy Saturday, it just mm-hmm. I get sucked in. Yeah, absolutely. So, do you have uh favorite holiday traditions that you like to celebrate? Is there anything that's kind of different in Wisconsin? I know last time we talked about a drink that's made differently. Yes. So, those are old fashions. Yes. Oh, go ahead. Oh, yes. And I was going to say, tell us about the Danish Kringles. <laughs> Ooh, so Kringles is a very Wisconsin thing. I guess I can answer your question with the follow-up question you just had. I do think Kringles are something, and you do see them more at the holidays, I think, than other times of year, but they are available year-round. Um, and a, a Danish Kringle, it's a Danish pastry. There's a whole history I won't get into that involves Austria and Danish bakers and immigrants and a pretzel shape. Uh, but long story short, Danish immigrants brought it to Wisconsin. We have a community, especially in the Racine area, which is a little south of Milwaukee. And it is an oval shaped pastry. It's a large pastry. So it's not, unless you're very ambitious, it's not a one person thing. Uh, it's meant to be shared. <laughs> and it's kind of flattish. If you think of like a single Danish that mm-hmm. would have like a fruit filling, mm-hmm. this is kind of like a similar dough, just a bigger version. And it has, uh, the filling is on the inside. And usually there's some sort of a glaze or a frosting on the top. I'm doing all sorts of hand gestures that the the listeners will not be able to see. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And it's just, it's fun because normally the fillings are sort of fruit and nut based, but you can get really creative. There are some incredible 
Pringles made by a bakery called O&H, which does holiday delivery and they're really good, mm-hmm. uh, which they, they play with different kinds of fillings. They're, they're very creative and uh, it, it's a lot of fun. They're oh, delicious. I good. highly recommend. Yep. I'm big on, on holiday desserts. That's another favorite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Movies and desserts. <laughs> yes. Now there's also, uh, so there's quite a few books that are coming out that are uh, rom-com holiday books. So do you have some yes. suggestions for us? Oh, I do. <laughs> do I ever? Um, I have four. I'll try to go through them fairly quickly. Um, the first is A Very Merry Bron- Bromance by uh, Lissa K. Adams. This is for people who like romances with a little bit more steam. Um, this does have some very, very sexy scenes. Um, but it is just, I, I really enjoy Lissa K. Adams' book series. It's based on the idea that there is a group of men who start reading romance novels to help them with their romantic lives uh, and with the women that they really care about. And so I love that premise. And this is the fourth or fifth in the series. Mm-hmm. The main characters are Colton and Gretchen. And Gretchen, and they, they have a very steamy one-night stand, after which Gretchen ghosts Colton, who is a country singer. Then Gretchen, a little while later, Gretchen needs his help and he agrees to help her, but only if she will go on three dates with him. So you kind of have a little play on the, the Christmas Carol, Ghost of Christmas, past, mm-hmm. present, future. You have the three dates that go with that. Super fun, great dialogue, highly recommend. It's definitely like an enemies to lovers situation. In fact, um, as I was writing these up, they're all kind of enemies to lovers. <laughs> Romances, so I clearly have a type. Uh, the second one is Meet Me Under the Mistletoe by Jenny Bayless. I love this one. It is set at a castle in uh, Britain, and it's a used bookstore owner. And her one of her friends from her posh private school that she attended is having a wedding at this, this beautiful castle. And when she gets there, she finds out that the head gardener is her enemy from her childhood. <laughs> and things start to heat up and they butt heads and of course enemies to lovers but it's got beautiful holiday setting at a castle it's got that lovely british humor that i i personally really enjoy so that's a lot of fun the third one is the holiday switch by tiff marcello this book actually came out last year uh it is a young adult novel but for people who really like hallmark movies i feel like this hits all of the same beats uh, this is set in a small town where its most famous characteristic is that it had it was the setting of a very famous holiday movie. Uh, the main character, Lila, works at the hotel where the, the movie was filmed in the gift shop. When the boss's nephew, uh, Teddy, starts working there, they butt heads a lot. Uh, but when their phones accidentally get switched, they find out that each other they have secrets. And then they start to help each other with their problems. And of course, enemies to lovers. Uh, But it has all those classic holiday trimmings with hot chocolate and ice skating dates. And it is just so sweet and so lovely that if you like a Hallmark movie, you're going to love this. And then the last one I want to talk about is All I Want for Christmas by Maggie Knox. Um, This is another just fun enemies to lovers if you like country music this also has country music in it it is set on a country music reality tv show (laughs) and i know it gets so silly and sadie and max uh, are two of the contestants 
and they do a duet and their chemistry on stage is so electric. The producers want them to pretend to date off stage as well. Uh, unfortunately, they don't like each other. So that doesn't go super great. Um, but it is a lot of fun if you like reality competition type stuff, if you like country music. Part of it's set in Banff, which is just beautiful. There's also some Nashville elements. So those are kind of the four that, that I've read so far that I really, really love this year. Yeah, they all sound yeah. good. Uh, I, I mean, I'm a big fan of the the friends or enemies to lovers trope. And then the fake relationship is another one that I really yes. like. <laughs> yes. I know. I As I was sort of writing out my notes, so I just wouldn't blank out on what I was talking about. I'm like, oh, I have a type. <laughs> I have a very clear type. I do love an enemies to lovers. I also love the, you know, accidentally out in the middle of someplace and you have to share a bed trope. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. So yeah. And then I love, you know, anything that's set in a castle, I think is. Yes. <laughs> oh, I know. A wedding in a castle, even if yeah. it's not the main character. Oh, it's even better if it's not the main characters. So yes, I just, these were a lot of fun to read. Um, and I can't wait to read more. Yeah. There's just, it seems like the last few years, there has been an abundance. And I love that. I want that trend to keep going. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think uh, it's kind of funny. Like a few years ago, I used to notice all the um, holiday-related mystery books that would come out, and I'm, I'm I kind of joked and said people are murdering people on the holidays. Yes, <laughs> the number yes. that were coming out. It is a stressful time of year. <laughs> so this is a nice switch over to to romance. Yes. yes, have a little bit of love. I I really you know it's the best time of year for it. Let's be real. So getting back to uh, your book, mm -hmm. tell us a little bit more about Astra and Jack. And is now I was reading Jack's description and I'm like, well, he's got blonde hair. I don't know if Henry Cavill could do this one <laughs> if there was a movie. <laughs> you know, I feel like Henry Cavill can do anything. True. So I, I would be okay with that. When I was actually writing the book, because the, the Yule Market has Danish roots, mm -hmm. I was actually envisioning him as like... I'm not going to say his name wrong. Nikolai Kosterwalder. He played Jamie Lannister in Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. So I kind of envisioned him slightly littler, but I feel like Henry Cavill could pull it off. We can, we can die. I think his hair was lighter in something, but I don't remember what. And you know what? I'm not, I've never been hung up on hair color. If they want to yeah. make a movie and change his hair color, I'm fine with that. He has the, the muscle, the muscles, the, <laughs> musculature is that a word yep. for somebody who's doing baking and lifting heavy bags of flour so I think he could pull that off really really well <laughs> yeah yeah definitely now would you want to live in in Yule Marked that's a great question I so I actually love the snow and for people who don't know yet it is always December in the Yule Market. They just repeat December over and over and over again. That's part of the magic because it's a Christmas market. So they have basically three weeks of Christmas where they're open in some location where people are shopping from the outside. And then they have a week where every between Christmas and New Year's where everything is closed off and they're isolated. And then they start again on December 1st when it opens up again and is connected to someplace on the outside. It is... I feel like it would be really wonderful to live there for a little while, but I don't mm. think I'd want to spend my life there. I like to do things like go to the beach and snorkel 
And, and it would be really hard to do that when you live in the Yule market. And, you know, my family is on the outside, but, but there's a lot of upside. You get to live a much longer life. People rarely get sick. Most when, you know, when you think about going to a, a holiday market, a Christmas market, people are always in a great mood. It's not like going to the mall where they're stressed out. They're there to drink the mulled wine and eat the gooey raclette cheese on the French bread and they're happy. So you kind of are dealing with people who are in a great mood and they're just there to celebrate the season. So it's, it's a tough call. Mm-hmm. I think for the right guy, I'd be open to it, <laughs> but, but you know, you never know. It is a tricky one. And I hope that readers kind of ask themselves that question. Would they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause that was the first thing I'm like, well, would I do it for maybe 24 days and then hop yeah. out <laughs> at the next yeah. uh, yes. the Christmas market? <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, yeah. So now is there a uh, Milwaukee Christmas market? Is that actually, uh, does that actually happen? So there was before the pandemic. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> Which is, and then it stopped because of the pandemic. And then I wrote the book and it has not come back. Aww. So I hope I didn't break it. Um, I I think there's actually a big corporation that does Christmas markets mm-hmm. in different cities. And my guess is they just pulled back. Like I know they also do Chicago. Um, I'm hoping it comes, it comes back. There are a lot of smaller Christmas markets around us, mm-hmm. but there was you know, a Milwaukee Christmas market. It also wasn't as long running as I pretend in the book, but that is the, the joy of writing fiction is I can make things up. That's true. That is true. And yeah. hopefully it does come back. Uh, I think there's, I hope it does too. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Here in, in Kirkwood, they, um, we have a farmer's market pretty much throughout the year. And then around this time of year, it turns into sort of a Christmas market and it's a tree lot. And oh. so it's a lot of fun. <laughs> They're so fun. And the one in downtown Chicago is always, because Chicago is only two hours from me. It's always so packed, excuse mm-hmm. me, that it's almost hard to get anything. You have to, you know, the booths, lines at every booth are like five deep. So it's not as much fun when you can, when you have to be packed in like sardines. Whereas the one in Milwaukee, there was enough space and you could kind of have a leisurely pace and you weren't fighting to get to the booths. So it was a lot of fun. You could sit at the tables and drink your mulled wine for hours. Yeah. Not saying yeah. I've done that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I used to love the, I think in New York and Chicago did it for a while too, was the window displays that they would do for the yes. different themes and things, which uh, I don't think uh, that's come back either. I guess uh, I think it was a pre Probably thing. not. I think so too. Maybe in New York, because I think New York just, I think is more consistent that way. I do think, I mean, downtown Chicago is having a rough patch right now. So Mm -hmm. they might not be doing as many things like that. Yeah. Crossing our fingers, it comes back. Cause I love that stuff. Yeah. I mean, I'm really hoping that, you know, a lot of stuff that that got shut off during COVID does eventually kind of get back into it. So including, you know, getting more authors to come out and do book signings and stuff. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. It's been so nice to actually go places and be with people. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. So what's next for you? I'm assuming you're working on another book that's going to be coming out over the summer. Um, I don't have anything coming out that soon. I am. It's too early to say what my next project will be. I am working on, I have a couple different ideas and I'm in very early stages. So I don't want to say too much okay. about 
what might be next. <laughs> but I do, I do see myself continuing my trend where I have books that have magical realism mm-hmm. or supernatural or something like that in them, because that's where my heart lies. I enjoy things that are just a little not normal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that was, that's the great thing about these books is that you get to do a, get a little escape and, and yeah. do something different. Plus there's also lots of food in all of your books. So I'm yes. always lots of great recipes. <laughs> yes. I write what I love. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, I do. I do. I love my food. It's And it's fun to share the food traditions of Wisconsin, which I had not really thought about until I wrote my first book, The Quintessence mm-hmm. of Coconut Cake. And I talk about deep fried cheese curds. I didn't realize that that wasn't something that was, that's not everywhere. People don't go to the store and buy fresh cheese curds in Arizona, uh, which shocks me because they're so delicious and they squeak when you bite into them, which is kind of a fun thing. Yeah. So yeah. that was, I, yeah, so I enjoy sharing these little culinary things that we have in the Wisconsin area with the rest of the world, spreading the love. Yes, definitely. We just did a survey. I think it was just kind of a staff thing. Where is it? Mm-hmm. Is it dressing or is it stuffing? And what it, you know? And I guess apparently Missouri uh, had something called oyster dressing. Is what they call it here. Yeah. <laughs> Why does Missouri have oyster dressing? I, have no I feel idea. like that's a Boston <laughs> East Coast thing. Not a landlocked. <laughs> <laughs> oh um yeah I always see and I always think that thought that stuffing versus dressing was where like stuffing was stuffing that came out of the bird like you mm-hmm. stuffed the turkey right and dressing is when you don't right so for me I make so much at Thanksgiving some of it is stuffing and some of it's dressing because it can't all fit in the bird I'd have to make like 12 turkeys for them right. all to be stuffed Yes, which is the best stuffing. I don't care if I'm risking any sort of food poisoning. I'll take that chance. (laughs) I have strong opinions on this. Yes. (laughs) And so did a lot of other people in in the department, too. (laughs) Yes. Strong opinions. Still, I am still enjoying my leftover stuffing. And I will probably for another day. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, that's the best thing about holidays is is the, uh, the leftovers. It is. It is. I actually don't care for the turkey, but you need the turkey to make the gravy mm-hmm. and cook the stuffing. <laughs> so that's the only reason I need the turkey. <laughs> it's yeah, really a vehicle just... for the other things. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast and listeners. Once Upon a December is available right here at the Kirkwood Public Library and wherever fun books are sold. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. And that's our show this week. I hope you enjoyed my interview with Amy E. Riker. Join us again next week when we interview Wade Rouse, whose pen name is Viola Shipman, about a wish for winter. And the quote for this week is in line with the theme. May you never be too grown up to search the skies on Christmas Eve. Thank you for listening.